Hello. How you doing? I'm okay. I feel like I'm a little better. I went glamping this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. And I took Astra and it was nice just because it, it forces you to uh, not be on the phone all day. And whereas I normally, you know, watch television before bed, you can't really do that out in the woods. Um, so you just kind of have to like slow down and take a breath and just be, you know, for a couple of days. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to comment or address people being mad at us about our last episode? Personally, I don't love leaning into people being mean yeah. in comments. Mm -hmm. Instead, like I, I obviously read most of the comments on the YFT post. And I think I responded to one girl that instead of being mean about it, offered a really great suggestion, which was that she would love to hear some book, movie, etc. recommendations from black artists, black actors, that kind of thing. And I thought that was a really great recommendation. So I would like to do that this week if you're up for it. So here's the deal. I mean, us talking about it last episode, I was trying to convey that we're empathetic, we're aligned with the movement. But from where I sit, it's a time for white people of privilege, aka me and Brandy, to listen and learn and allow the voices of people who have gone through this, who have firsthand knowledge of the inequities, to speak up. And for myself and Brandy, I think it's our time to shut up, listen, and learn. And my problem with doing an episode purely of, you know, black authors and, and black directors and black musicians is that just comes across to me as, as pandering. You know, we, we make money on this show and then all of a sudden we're using this horrible thing and this movement for financial gain. It just comes across as skeezy and it doesn't seem right. Listen, I think the bottom line with everything going on right now is it comes down to perspective. You can change your perspective to look at all of this anyway, and it's going to look different. And that's not something I would have thought of, but hearing you say it and looking at it, at it from that perspective, like I completely agree. Yeah. But then I also, this morning I was reading that comment and I was like, you know, there are a couple things that I can recommend this week. One's a movie that's not only has black actors in it, but is actually has to do with what's going on right now in the world. I think it looks different for everybody. I mean, I don't want to sit here and, and, you know, and focus on all the negativity that we received because I don't think that's healthy for you and I, and I don't think that's healthy for our listeners. I mean, all I can say is like, we're doing the best we can, right? Like if our listeners are following us on social media, you guys know that we align with the Black Lives Matter movement and that we're standing up for equality because we're both reposting, you know, the things that we're finding educational. So it's just tough and it's tough not to like feel discouraged reading all that. But instead of doing that, I'm just trying to, I don't know, I'm doing my best. The problem is, is that I don't have the answer. I don't know how to make everybody happy. But at the end of the day, this show is supposed to be about positivity. You know, it all started with Brandy and I coming together, going to get Mexican food. And she was telling me about how her sister was just getting like roasted on social media for some stupid thing. And I was like, man, there's just so much negativity out there. Let's just do a show where we just talk about our favorite things, our positive things. And what's sad is that we live in this world that's so divisive that a show about positive stuff can be controversial. And it just makes me sad and it breaks my heart about just where we are in the world. But then I watch the news and I, and I learn and I see all these inspiring people out there changing the world. And, and then I'm like, man, but there is good. Like this you know, change is, is going to come out of this. And and I guess that's my favorite thing about it is that we get to be a part of the generation that really hopefully changes the world for the better. I don't know. I don't have the answers. 
But going back to what you said, like, I agree that, you know, it's a time that as as privileged white people, we're supposed to listen to the black voices, right, that are supposed to educate us. So us talking isn't really doing much good. And that's where, like, you know, my mom and I just launched this new podcast. And even though it doesn't even really have a format yet, um, we decided the best thing to do was to bring in guests the past couple of weeks that do have the authority to speak on this, right? Last week we had on, she's a, a Native American woman. She's She was sex trafficked. She has experience with the police, you know, doing the opposite of their job, which is a really cool story. And and we just kind of let her talk about the parallels of police brutality in, in, in her experience. And then this week we have on a woman named Shirley who runs a nonprofit where she actually goes down to Skid Row every week and gives beauty treatments to the homeless, which is really cool. So again, like she's experienced it too. And so that for me, like if you guys go listen to both those episodes, like I barely say anything because I don't have anything to say about it. Like my, my role is to let her speak and let her educate and me listen. And so I don't know. I agree with you. I think that that's kind of where where I stand too. Is I just feel like my words. Like yes, I can sit up and tell you guys I'm for equality, right? I'm for the Black Lives Matter movement. I do not agree with the way the police are treating people. That's I don't know. I'm I'm doing my best. Let's start the show. Yeah, let's start the show. Is it me or you? I think it's me. Okay, go. Bros and hoes, you are listening to your favorite thing podcast with Wells and Brandy. I got my bell today. Also, I wish you could see little dog right now. Let me see if I can do a little. Cutesy. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> Is she not the cutest thing? Did you watch Caitlyn's season greatest of all time thing last night? So I didn't watch it on television last night, but I have seen her season. Yeah. In my opinion, it's one of the best seasons there is. Here's what's funny. I never watched that season. Um, what? I didn't start watching The Bachelor until Ben's season because that's when I knew I was going to be on. So I was like, one of these chicks, I'm at the date. All right, so let's watch this. Let's watch this show. I really should have watched the show before that because there was so much stuff that I, I could have learned from. And they didn't really showcase him a lot last night on the episode, but Cupcake, Chris Strandberg, he's going to be on the show a little bit later. I want to pick his brain about what he remembers of the Caitlyn season. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, at the end of it, did you see that Caitlyn got asked to be on Dancing with the Stars? Oh my gosh, yes I did. And I just can't even imagine how excited she is. This has been her dream. Yeah. Probably before she even knew it was her dream. You know what I mean? Well, anyone who's been close to Caitlyn knows that this has been her dream for a very long time. And she's been like very upset that she hasn't gotten to do Dancing with the Stars for a while. So here's the moral of the story there, folks and kids out there. If you put out that shit in the, into the universe, eventually mm -hmm. it's probably going to happen. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm excited for her. But here's the thing. She's a good dancer. She's gonna, she's, it's like Hannah. It's like you guys are good at this. It's funny. No, I know. She's going to crush. Yeah, it's funnier when people are shitty on that show. I feel like I've talked about this before. My dad was on the show yeah. forever ago, like I think like 10 years ago or something crazy. And he was so, so, so bad, but made it to like the top five, even though he was terrible. Yeah. We've talked about it. I was on one episode of it and it's the hardest. I would never afterward after doing it. I was like, I could totally be on this show. And then I did one dance and I was like, that was the worst experience of my life. And I no, <laughs> thank you. Ma'am. I remember my dad losing so much weight from it. Like yeah. he was like skin and bones at the end of it because it's so much cardio, you know, all that rehearsal. So next week is Ben Higgins season. And then the week after that, they're doing JoJo's season. I, here's my thing. Hey, Chris Harrison, what the fuck am I getting? All right. What's going on? Yeah, for real. <laughs> What's your favorite bartender getting, bro? All right. Because Caitlin's going to do Dancing with the Stars. What, what, what do I get to do? 
He's gonna be like, and Wells, you get to come back to paradise. Yeah, you get to, to come. Bartend. You get to come sweat your ass off and make me margaritas, uh, there, bitch boy. Yep, exactly. But you know what? Ten out of ten would take that over Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> really? I mean, it's, yeah. I'm um, dude. Dancing with the Stars. Oh man, uh, money's probably better, but like, oh, I get to go hang out in Mexico for a month. So much fun. So. Speaking of reality TV shows, did you watch the finale of Worst Cooks in America Celebrity Edition? So, yes, I I, I got to admit, I haven't watched the whole season. But yeah. when I saw that you made it to the finale, first of all, so proud. Thank so you. proud, little Wellsy. Mm-hmm. But I just had to watch the finale. Yeah. How do you feel? You won something. I won 25K for Nashville Humane, which is awesome because that was the charity that I worked with back in Nashville a lot, getting dogs adopted. So I was pumped about that. My only complaint is I didn't get like a trophy. What? I didn't get like a golden spatula or like a- Oh, you for sure should have. I know, like a diamond encrusted ladle or something. I don't think they're going to give you diamonds. I think that's a little- I mean- you know, much. Whatever. And the reason why I wanted that is because in our house, we have... Sarah's Awards. Yeah, all our SAG Awards and People's Choice, all the stuff, her, her Nickelodeon Awards. Actually, her, Nickelo- <laughs> her Nickelodeon Awards, she like keeps like in the guest room, and I'm like, this orange blimp needs to be down with all the other ones. And she's like, absolutely not. And I'm like, I'm sorry, if I won a Nickelodeon Award, I'd be so pumped. But I wanted one <laughs> to... still hope, Wells. I know. I wanted one to put up there to be like, but... Yeah, you have a SAG award, but have you seen my my jeweled encrusted ladle that I won? Oh my god, that's fair. I I think you should file a complaint, and they should give you something. I know. For sure. Or you know what? I might just take it upon myself and just make one because no one knows that there isn't a trophy for me. You know? Yeah, that's uh, true. But did you see what I cooked? Because what I cooked was fucking high class shit. It looked fancy as hell. It was. What Johnny cooked was great, but what I cooked was like French restaurant, super fancy. Difficulty was crazy high. I had to make that tortellini from scratch. Um, oh my gosh. So all I'm saying is, and also like if people are being like, they didn't complain about anything about yours, but they complained about Wells overcooking the calamari. Understand how TV works, you dipshit. Of course, they're going to make it seem like I don't win. So when I do win, it's, wah! you know, like that's how it works on that's TV. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Get it together, guys. I won. So what skills did you take away from this show? Chopping and dicing. Oh. I got really good at, at cutting. Wow. Uh, especially onions. You learn how to cut onions really well. When you're cooking vegetables, they do this thing where you boil it in like salt water. And it's really hard to like understand how much salt you're supposed to use. The water's supposed to taste like seawater, like that salty. Ugh. And most people just don't cook that way, but it does make it much better. And you're supposed to boil your vegetables in that, and then you're supposed to shock them in ice water, stop what? the cooking process immediately. Yeah. And that's a really good tool that I learned. You, you do that, and then you make a sauce, and then you reintroduce the vegetables that you shocked in ice water into that sauce. And then you cook it up. That's really great. The other thing that I learned that I know is kind of gross is when you're making a sauce, an anchovy is the best. 
No, no, no. I know. And I know what you're thinking is to make it fishy and anchovy. No. When you're making a sauce and you throw one anchovy filet in there, it disintegrates. So you don't even see the the anchovy anymore. And then it gives you this like salty. It just like makes it super robust. And I know it sounds gross, but it's so. I'm telling you, bros and hoes. One anchovy filet in whatever sauce you're making. You throw in some olive oil, anchovy filet. Maybe throw in some bacon pieces or some pancetta. I don't know. Whatever fucking does it for you. Maybe some capers, some Dijon mustard. Maybe throw in some wine in there. You mix all that together. Bro, you throw that on some asparagus or something. You're getting laid. 10 out of 10. That's where this is going. All (laughs) cooking is, is an opportunity to convince someone to fuck you. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's a very interesting theory. What do they say? The quickest way to a man's heart is through what? His stomach. It's true. I guess so. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I really, I really did not think that you would make it to the end, much less win this thing. So props to you. Ye of little faith. (laughs) Brandy. No Brandi? Brandi. It's no secret that I once was one of the worst cooks in America, Celebrity Edition. Uh, Yeah, I would say that's a widely known fact now that you're on a show called Worst Cooks of America, Celebrity Edition. Yeah, that's true. But I will tell you this. uh, My culinary skills are getting better and better every single day because of my boys over at HelloFresh. Yeah, you're like the HelloFresh king. I'm not as good at cooking the HelloFresh, but I I can definitely hang. I love HelloFresh, man. HelloFresh offers so many recipes to choose from each week to help you break out of your recipe rut. HelloFresh offers contactless delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. They cut out the stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. I mean, listen, here's the deal. It's scary to go to the grocery store right now because of the Roan. And HelloFresh is just sending you the food straight to your doorstep. And then it's a fun like date night. Like Sarah and I will get together and we'll be like, let's make this tonight. And then we'll do it together. And it's one of my favorite things. I love that the packaging of HelloFresh used to ship food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content. I think that's awesome. HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery-made meals. For all you philanthropists out there, HelloFresh donated over 2.5 million meals to charity in 2019. And this year, they're stepping up their food donations amid the coronavirus crisis, which is awesome. They're America's number one meal kit. It really does make cooking meals at home so freaking simple. So here's the deal. Go to HelloFresh.com slash YFT60 and use code YFT60 to get 60 bucks off your first three weeks, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Visit HelloFresh.com for some more details. So that's $60 off your first three weeks if you go to HelloFresh.com slash YFT60 and make sure and use the code YFT60 to get this deal. Seriously, HelloFresh, delicious. All right, Wells, now more than ever when we're spending so much time at home, self-care and routine have always been important, but whatever you're using to get ready for the day should also make you feel amazing. And let me tell you, my cute neon razor that hangs on a magic magnetic holder in my shower 
really makes me feel great when I'm shaving my legs. And now that it's summer, I'm actually shaving my legs a lot more than normal because I have a pool to lay at. So, you know, I've been trying to keep my legs feeling nice and fresh so that my summer tan can come through. You talking Billy right now? I'm talking Billy. It's my favorite razor. Give me a ding. They have recreated everyday essentials by delivering premium razors and high-performing body care directly to you. There's no pink tax. You don't have to go to the drugstore and no breaking the bank. And they don't just make razors. They make a lot of products as well. I love their shaving cream. Not only does it work great, but it's cruelty-free, and it's insanely impossible to find a cruelty-free shaving cream. Billy's is awesome. Billy also offers a starter kit for just $9 that includes their award-winning razor, two refill blades, and that magnetic holder I mentioned that keeps your razor safe and dry in between uses. Billy's hooking it up for you guys out there. Go to mybilly.com slash YFT to get the best razor you will ever own. It's just $9 to get your starter kit plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com slash YFT. That's spelled M-Y-B-I-L-L-I-E dot com slash YFT. Shave your legs. Please. Please. And other things, you know. Ooh, gross. Armpits. Wells, where's your head at? Um, bikini line. <laughs> of course it is. You got some fave things, yo? Everyone told me when I started Lost that I was going to get disinterested after like a season or two. They were like, you're going to lose interest. It's going to get boring. It's not. Season one is good. And then it gets bad. Au contraire. I'm on season four, and I just feel like it gets better and better and better. Okay. How many seasons are there? Like seven? I think there's seven. I got through four, and then I was like, I can't do it anymore. I don't oh care. Oh, my gosh. Ben is just the ultimate villain. He sucks so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, like, it's it's crazy to me how back and forth they can go. Like, so Juliet, the, like, blonde chick that's going to, like, go to pound town with Jack. I, like, I go back and forth on whether I trust her or not, and I, like, live for it. They did such a good job of – it's like I've got whiplash going back and forth between whether I decide I like her or not. I just can't decide. It's crazy. Also, they did this crazy thing. It might have been the end of season three. I feel like the timeline is a bit all over the place. It's very reminiscent of Westworld, the way they, they're always flopping around on you and, like, the time. So I feel like they were showing flash forwards – of scenes of like Kate uh, getting like going back to her sentencing, right? She's like supposed to get thrown in jail for murder and they go back and then Jack comes in and saves the day and testifies for her and they end up letting her go free. And it was like a flash forward. And they did that with Jack, Kate, Hurley, uh, and maybe one other one. And they did that for like a couple of episodes. And now I'm like five more episodes down the road. And it's like, they've, that's never been spoken of again. It was never explained. And I'm just like, well, wait, well, so we flashed to the future. Some of them made it back. Oh, Saeed. Some of them made it back to the future, but I don't know how. And now we've completely forgotten about it. Are we going to go back to the future at some point? Like with Marty McFly? God, I hope so. They're like, they're like, you don't recognize me. I'm one of the Oceanic Six. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? That, that You guys talked about that five episodes ago and no one ever told me what it means. And I want to know what the Oceanic Six is. I think you're right at the spot where people are like, ah. I need answers, Wells. I need to know what the Oceanic Six means. Well, keep so that only six people make it off the island? I need to know. Well, keep watching. <sighs> okay. Are you done? Are you done with are you done with that? Are we done? Yeah. Talking lost? Okay. Yeah. Just just a small rant's all I need every week. All right, cool. I mean, I'm excited. I'm just I like living through this with you because I, I just can't wait for the day where you're like, I can't do it anymore. 
I just can't. I do know it. It, it might come soon. I don't know, but right now I'm still hooked. Last episode we talked. I think it was last episode, or maybe two episodes ago, where where Sarah and I sat down and we just watched all of the Hunger Games because so oh, much yeah. time on our hands. And then someone reached out and was like, "You know that the author of the Hunger Games, Suzanne Collins, has a new book out." And I was like, "Wait, what?" So guess who has been reading the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? Oh, this guy. What a title. It's the morning of the reaping that will kick off the 10th annual Hunger Games. In the capital, 18-year-old Coralina Snow is preparing for his one shot at glory. As a mentor in the games, the once mighty house of snow has fallen on hard times. It's fate hanging on the slender chance that Coralinus will be able to out-charm, outwit, and outmaneuver his fellow students to mentor the winning tribute. The odds are against him. He's been the humiliating assignment of mentoring the female tribute from District 12, the lowest of the low. Their fates are now completely intertwined. Every choice Coralinus makes could lead to favor or failure, triumph or ruin. Inside the arena, it'll be a fight to the death. Outside the arena, Coralinus starts to feel his doomed tribute and must weigh his need to follow the rules against his desire to survive no matter what it takes. The Ballad of Songbird and Snakes, a Hunger Games novel. Wow. Okay, so that was epic. You yeah. really took me somewhere, you know? I know I did. So yeah, so this book is about President Snow as a kid. And we've come to oh, find out. So that, it's a prequel. Yes, and we come to find out that his bitch ass was a mentor. <laughs> Very interesting. And I gotta be honest with you, like I'm only maybe like a third of the way through. It's making you sympathetic to President mm. Snow. So we'll see. But I got Very interesting. It's good though, bro. It's good. I'll probably read that. Yeah, get in on that. You're gonna like it. Uh, um, the book that I have though on deck to start next, uh, I gotta actually give Tish the Dish credit for yeah. this recommendation. I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys know about it. Um, even though I haven't started it yet, it's called Follow Me. Do you know about this? No. The author, it's Kathleen Barber, is the author, and I guess she wrote a book called Truth Be Told that's now an Apple TV series. So I'm sure this one's gonna be like right in her, the footsteps. Oh. Of that. Um, oh, what? what? Coming up later in the episode, I'm going to tell you how much I fucking like the show. Truth be told. Oh, fantastic parallel. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, so this this book, Follow Me, it sounds like uh, like a combination of you. Right. Penn Badgley. Yeah. Um, of you and like maybe Gone Girl. So I'll just like redo the synopsis here. I love the tagline. Everyone wants new followers until they follow you home. Okay. Audrey Miller has an enviable new job at the Smithsonian, an apartment door with a broken lock and hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers to bear witness to it all. Having just moved to Washington, D.C., Audrey busies herself impressing her new boss, interacting with her online fan base, and starving off a creepy upstairs neighbor with the help of the only two people she knows in town, an ex-boyfriend she cannot stay away from, and a sorority sister with a high-powered job and a mysterious past. But Audrey's faulty door 
may be the least of her security concerns. Unbeknownst to her, her move has brought her within striking distance of someone who's obsessively followed her on social media for years. From her first WordPress blog to her most recent Instagram story, no longer content to simply follow her carefully curated life from a distance, he consults the dark web for advice on how to make Audrey his and his alone. In his quest to win her heart, nothing is off limits and nothing is private." kind of creepy because it's just so like it's like you it's like this could really happen in real life you know yeah 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 crazy my mom loved it she's like trying to get the rights to it but i bet they're gone well tell me about uh truth be told okay it's octavia spencer and oh i've been wanting to watch this yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's octavia spencer lizzie kaplan mckay pfeiffer and your boy aaron paul it was Octavia Spencer and Aaron Paul that made me want to watch this when I saw the preview. The cast is absolutely bonkers, by the way. Mm-hmm. Truth Be Told is an American drama web television series based on the novel Are You Sleeping by Kathleen Barber, produced for Apple TV. Which, by the way, I got to say, Apple TV's got a lot of good shit on it. Yeah. We've reached the end of Netflix. By the way, we've reached the end of Netflix so much so that what it's suggesting is only foreign films that are overdubbed. No joke. No joke. That is the only thing that's being suggested to us now on Netflix because we've reached the fucking end. Okay. You've been saying this for weeks. I know. So Apple TV, love you. True crime podcaster Poppy Parnell is called to investigate the case of a convicted killer, Warren Cave. Aaron Paul. A man she painted as a murderer of the father of identical twins. Soon, Parnell must decide where the line between guilt and innocence lie when Cave claims that he was framed for the crime. Truth be told. Okay, so it's mm. set like you're listening to a podcast, right? Making a murder. It's it's like it's like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Octavia Spencer plays this journalist who now has a, this big true crime prop podcast. Ten years ago, she was just like a normal like writer for the I think the San Francisco Chronicle. She kind of vilified this 15, 16 year old boy because they were pinning the this murder of uh, his next door neighbor. On this, on this boy, and she vilified him and, like, really, like, went hard on him. And so she has been thinking that she was writing the truth, and then all of a sudden some new evidence comes up, and you can definitely see one of the twin girls of the uh, their daughters of the father who was murdered. The video comes out, and it looks like she's been kind of coached as to what to say on the stand. And all of a sudden she's like, wait, maybe he didn't do it. And then she starts the podcast and then it just all starts to unwind and unravel. And it is very good. Dang, sounds great. I've been meaning to watch that. Reese Witherspoon produced it. So oh, there you go. You know, it's great. Yeah. Um. All right. I've got a movie for you. Give it to me. Um, it'll, uh, I don't know. Have you seen, um, <clears throat> for those that want to educate themselves on systemic racism, it's called Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx. First of all, can I just have a moment for Michael B. Jordan? He is sexy as hell. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get <sighs> Friday Night Lights, take me back. Uh, okay, so Just Mercy, is they're actually streaming it for free this month um, to educate people on the systemic racism um, that's currently taking over the the world right now. Um, and so it was, it was a 2019 film, came out in January, but it chronicles the criminal justice reform in Alabama 
Um, it's a true story about a civil rights lawyer named Brian Stevenson. Um, and uh, Michael B. Jordan, he he plays this lawyer, and Jamie Foxx is also in it. He plays Walter McMillan. And Walter McMillan was wrongfully convicted of murdering an 18-year-old white woman. Michael B. Jordan's character, he graduates from Harvard and kind of makes it his mission to go in and um, represent people that weren't afforded the right representation or that were wrongfully convicted. So um, it's an amazing true story with obviously great acting with those two guys in it. Um, They're two of my favorites. And um, what's super cool is that Stevenson is the founder of the Equal Justice Initiative, which is a nonprofit organization that focuses on criminal justice, prison reform and racial justice. So um, if you are looking for something that's both an incredible film and also to to educate yourself on what's going on in the current climate of our uh, of our government, then I would highly recommend this. And honestly, like I just Michael B. Jordan, just he will forever be one of my favorites. Sticking with Michael B. Jordan and like oh. movies that are um, really good to watch during this time during Black Lives Matter movement. Have you seen Fruitvale Station? No. Is uh, Michael B. Jordan in it? Oh, yeah. He's the lead. And oh, it's God, tough watch, but it's really, really good. And it'll make you think like every white person out there needs to watch this film. I'm not going to do the stupid voice because this is serious, but the film depicts the story of Oscar Grant III, a 22-year-old from Hayward, California, and his experiences on the last day of his life before he was fatally shot by the BART police in the early morning hours of New Year's Day in 2009. The movie begins with the actual footage of Oscar Grant and his friends being detained by the BART police at the Fruitvale BART station in Oakland on January 1st, 2009 at 2.15 a.m. right before the shooting. It's really tough to watch because they show the footage and then they re you know they re kind of recreate it at the end it's on video so you can tell he's not he's not being combative like he's not a threat and then you see immediately when he gets kind of handcuffed that knee on the neck and you're just like shit man this is like a thing that cops do You know, it's Mm, like this mm -hmm. knee on the neck thing is a thing that needs to be the first thing that goes of the millions of things that need to be kind of fixed about our police system. That's like one with like, whoa, that kills people. It's a tough watch, but it's really, really well done. And yeah, Michael B. Jordan, that's why like when you I don't know if you saw like on social media when he was out there um peacefully protesting it meant a lot because he's obviously in a bunch of these movies that mean a lot and showcase kind of the systemic problem that we have in our country so yeah you need to watch Fruitvale Station really really good amazing while we're highlighting some black artists I talked about this book so long ago like I think I've read it like two years ago and I gave it to Rye because I wanted him to read it so I, I wish I had it in my hands but it's called All About Love. The author is Bell Hooks. Do you remember me talking about this book? I don't know. Probably, probably not. It's really been a long time. Um, but Bell Hooks is um, she's a feminist author. She's written a million different books, and I'm on the Amazon page of this book right now, and just kind of reading through some of her other um, works of uh, nonfiction. And there's actually a lot that I want to try and read um, that I think are probably really relevant to 
Black Lives Matter and just everything that's going on right now. But this book specifically, um, it is kind of about exactly what the title is all about love. And I don't really talk about things that are like really like sappy and stuff like that. But um, but this one's really good for anybody that really likes like for lack of a better term, like a self-help book where where it's really about, um, I don't know, like like working on yourself and kind of looking inward and stuff. This one's really great. I like the way that Amazon summarizes this book. It says all about love is a revelation about what causes a polarized society and how to deal, how to heal the divisions that cause suffering. Here's the truth about love and inspiration to help us instill caring, compassion, and strength in our homes, schools, and workplaces. Uh, and it kind of like Bell Hooks uses a lot of her own personal experience to kind of break down what, um, what we kind of how we kind of define love from a very young age just purely based on the way we were raised and what we went through as children and how we kind of use all of that experience to define love a certain way that usually is not at all the definition of what love really means um and she takes that into like remote romantic uh, romantic relationships and friendships and even into like the workplace and stuff like that um, and it's really, really good. I just, you know, um, in the first few chapters, she kind of breaks down that like we use love so lightly, like I'll be like, oh, I love coffee. Right. Or like, man, I love watching Wells win worse cooks or whatever. And that we, we like use the word so often that it kind of loses meaning and kind of taking that, um, taking more ownership of like the word love and really using, you know, using it as a verb as well. And I don't know, she's just amazing. It's a book that I, I want to reread if I can, I'll probably just buy another one because Reinhardt's not going to give it back, but it's a great read. So if you're looking to read something by a black author, that's a little bit outside of, you know, just purely the systemic racism stuff that's going on, I highly recommend this book book. Um, and I still think it speaks to a lot of the problems in our country. I think you can kind of take that whole, like, you know, how to love other people and use that beyond just your personal relationships. Love it. Bran, this is daily appreciation post for Farragun. Oh, one of my absolute favorite things. I've been playing so much golf recently because it's like one of the only things we can do during this quarantine. And that means my back is out so old, but it's true. And the fair gun <laughs> is literally saving my life. You know, I'm a side sleeper, mm-hmm. so I sleep on my shoulders, and every morning I wake up and my shoulders just feel so tight and sore. This Theragun is changing my life. I use it before I go to bed, kind of while I'm watching TV, which, by the way, they have an all-new Gen 4 Theragun mm-hmm. that has a brushless motor, so it's quieter than the original model, which is really nice, so I can hear my television episode over the sound. But doing that just like a little bit before bed has helped when I wake up, my shoulders just aren't as sore, and it's been a game changer. Yeah, the handheld percussive therapy device releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. Seriously, if you don't have one of these things, what are you doing, bro? It literally is saving my life. Really helps soothe aching muscles and it also helps with things like circulation. It's supposed to help improve your sleep when you do it before bed. And right now, you can try the Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with the OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. It starts... At only $199 worth every penny. Go to theragun.com slash YFT right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash YFT. Theragun.com slash YFT. 
tea. I love my Theragun. Me too, dude. All right, Wells, we've been talking every week about upping our self-care now that we're at home and have the time to do so. Just so many things. Health, what we're eating. Also, uh, what you're putting on your face is a big deal. So I've been trying to really hone in on having great skincare products and really using the ones that I love the most instead of switching between products. And I am really loving True Botanicals. The best thing about True Botanicals is you don't have to leave the house to get it. The items are delivered straight to your door. The other great thing, it's all natural and has organic ingredients. True Botanical skin body products deliver results without toxins, so you can feel good while working from home. Yeah, True Botanicals uses both the latest scientific advances and century-old botanical extracts to create all-natural formulas in their products, like their hydrating face cleanser, face oils for aging, breakout-prone and sensitive skin, and nutrient-packed serums, perfect for your at-home self-care routine. True Botanicals formula is made safe certified. And what that means is it's made without 5,000 plus known toxic ingredients that are found in a lot of skincare products. True Botanicals has conducted independent clinical studies in both trials. True Botanicals outperformed Creme de la Mer products. Wow, that's fantastic. Whether you're looking for an effective anti-aging regime, which is what I use, uh, seeking a sensitive skin-safe solution, battling pregnancy hormones, or even struggling with acne-prone skin, True Botanicals has a natural formulation that will be perfect and protect and nourish your skin. You gotta try uh, True Botanicals for yourself. Get 15% off your first purchase at truebotanicals.com slash YFT. That's right. Get 15% off your first purchase at truebotanicals.com slash YFT. Truebotanicals.com slash YFT. Fix your face. You ever see people who have painted the, their car by themselves? You ever, you ever painted? S- yeah. You ever, you ever seen like people who have like took no. brush to paint and they've like actually painted their car? No, never seen this. Okay. Brandy, we're going to talk about how to do improv, okay? Because we really need to work on this together. Okay, so the whole premise of improv is you don't shut someone down. It's always yes and. So even if you haven't, you got to help me out. So but I, can, I haven't. I know. Me. I know, but you got to help me get through the bit, okay? Never heard of it. Okay. People don't do this. Yes, they do. <laughs> I think it's funnier when we do this. <laughs> There's a lot of people in Los Angeles that have taken upon themselves to paint their own cars with like actual paint that was for houses and shit. And then, what do you mean? like, you've never seen. Yes, you have totally seen this, Brandy. When people no, like paint like never. peace signs on their cars and shit. You've you've seen people like paint horses and peace signs and like words that peace and love on their car. I think they make, I think I used to use it in my cheerleading days. I think they make these little like sticks with a sponge on the end of like car paint. Yeah, but a lot of people will just like go and paint their cars because they- they, That's psycho. And here's my thing to everyone out there. Don't do that because guess what? It looks like shit every single time. And it's permanent. Yeah, your car looks like shit. Please don't. And also don't try to tint your own windows because guess what? You're just going to get bubbles, all right? Those are my two pieces of advice for you out there. Don't paint, no tint. You can tint your own windows? You can, but you will fail every single time. That's why when you ever see... Whenever you see someone with like a bunch of bubbles in the back of their car, it's because some asshole is like, you know what, I could do this myself. But you can't, all right? No one ever has done it correctly. In the history of cars, no one has tinted their windows correctly. Period, full stop, end of story. Let's call Chris Strandberg 
and talk to him about the season of The Bachelorette that just re-aired last night and see what he's up to, okay? Sounds great. Let's do it. Can you buy Window 10 on Amazon? Don't. Seriously, don't do it. <laughs> It'll just be terrible. How are we doing? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey. There he is. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Good. Cupcake, I haven't met you yet. I know. What the heck? Do people still call you Cupcake? Is that still a thing? Occasionally, yes. I just, I, that's how Caitlin refers to you. So yeah. I just, it's ingrained in my head. You know what? When you come out on the scene in a giant cupcake, you've pretty much earned that name for life. <laughs> do you, do you wish that you hadn't done that or are you cool with it? There's times that I wish I had taken a more like serious approach to it. But honestly, like the show is silly, ridiculous, and that's kind of what I thought going into it. So I'm like, let's just own this right yeah. from the beginning. Well, listen, last night they aired the greatest of all time Bachelor season with your Bachelorette, Caitlin Bristow. I want to talk about that in a little bit. But first, I want to kind of catch up with you. How have you been doing? How's your quarantine going? Are you able to still work? What's going on? Man, I'm doing well. We had just started a new practice in November. Things were going really well. And then quarantine hit and it was like, oh, so now I've basically got to stay home except for a couple days a week, I'd go in for patient emergencies. So, you know, I had a lot of extra time on my hands, which is fine. Did a little paint work at the office and I tried to like make some oral health videos. Yeah. Um, got better at editing and stuff to say like, well, everybody else is sitting at home. They can't go to the dentist. Yeah, I put out some tips. I guess I hope that everybody takes this time to have a commitment to their self-care, their health. And my two cents is your oral health is super important. It's not that hard to kind of prevent really bad things from building up over time as long as you commit to like a little routine every day and as long as you have the right tools that you're using at home. I am overdue to get my teeth cleaned. I keep getting text reminders. I'm one of those people that like I have cavities like at least once a year. Help oh, me out, Chris. Jesus. It's tough because they can start when you're a kid and they slowly accumulate. The thing to remember is, you know, we know sugar is bad. It's I actually love it. that's okay. You can eat sugar. <laughs> this is what I tell people. You can eat sugar. You just have to eat it the right way. Just minimize the frequency. So if you want to have that bag of candy, just eat it all at once. No joke. Like eating it quickly. Really? means that your teeth will, they'll do their job and then they'll have a chance to recover. But if you're popping one candy every 10, 15 minutes over the course of a couple hours, that whole time your teeth are getting softer. Dang. So you can what? have your dessert. Yes, that's the trick. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. Brandy, I'll put you on the spot. How many times a year are you flossing? <laughs> uh, the twice that I go into the dentist to okay, get my teeth okay. cleaned because they do it for me. Okay, so why is that? <laughs> Because at night, I'm so tired that I just yeah. can't. And in the mornings, I'm rushing down to feed all my 8,000 animals that live on this property, yeah. and I just can't. Are you brushing your teeth? Yeah, I brush my teeth. Okay, so I have a hack for you. Okay. What if while you're brushing your teeth, you could also be flossing with no extra effort? <laughs> and no extra time? No extra time. Time is my big thing. Give me two minutes. Can you give me two minutes? Two minutes, yeah, because that's how long I brush my teeth for. I have like the timer toothbrush okay. and then make sure, yeah. Okay, so there's legit a real flossing toothbrush that exists and you can brush and floss at the same time. What? Yeah. Basically, while you're using this electric toothbrush, 
It also sprays a stream of water to wash in between your teeth. And that actually serves to break up plaque and bacteria, which is the same thing string floss does. But this works really, really good. And it's very easy. So you're telling me if I use this toothbrush, I don't have to do the whole floss thing ever again. That's what I'm telling you. What? Yeah. I guess you haven't gotten it yet. They sent me this water pick toothbrush. It's a mechanical oh, the sonic tooth- fusion. Sonic fusion. So I took it out of the box yesterday and did it. Okay, first of all, it's just like a normal electronic toothbrush, but then it's spraying that in between your teeth. It's amazing. I absolutely freaking love it, dude. Yes. So it's doing it at the same time? Yes. Yeah. At the same damn time. While you're cleaning, it's like a, a wash and wax of your teeth. It's mm-hmm. really good. The science backs this up. I've looked at the studies and they've compared like using string and electric toothbrush versus one that irrigates like a water floss or like the sonic fusion. And it's better. It's like twice as good. And the American Dental Association stands by water irrigation instead of string floss. So Brandy, this is your hack. You've got this. I know it. Well, you have just seriously upped my quarantine self-care game. This is true. I'm going to get this immediately. No more cavities for you. Oh, I hope so. And still eat candy. They're expensive. They are so expensive. Seriously, like prevention is huge. So if you go to waterpick.com, it's like 169 bucks, which is like half the price of one filling. So Yeah, yeah, for real. That's my TED Talk. I really do love this new toothbrush. Everyone out there needs to go check it out. I find it very ironic that the dentist who's telling us not to eat so many sweets was nicknamed Cupcake on uh-huh. The Bachelorette. That's kind of mean. What do you remember of that season? Because it was a while ago now. Yeah, it was five years ago. It was such a strange thing because you don't have your phone, you don't have your friends, and so you create this new world with these people. But it was so impactful. I'm sure you feel the same way, even though you've done multiple iterations of it that I remember a lot of it. I mean, I remember some of the emotions. I remember the stupid stuff that we did. I mean, I don't think I'll ever forget it. It definitely changed me, changed the course of my life a little bit. So yeah, it was it was great. How much did you hate Nick? (laughs) 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 Um, Well, you know, watching back last night, they kind of reiterated how mad everybody was that he came. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm not happy that he's here, but if Caitlin wants him here, you guys are going to be like, no, he can't come. She needs to like me. And it's like, that's not how this works. So I never really understood that. I mean, Nick is not like the most warm and cuddly guy. Like he doesn't care if you hate him. So that kind of put people off when he came. But I was like, whatever. I mean, I don't like that these other guys are here either, but I'm not going to complain that Nick's here. Interesting. When you found out that she took him to the boneyard, were you were you <laughs> shocked? I was actually there, even though last night's episode, I was there for a total of seven seconds last night, but (laughs) I was actually there when this happened for an additional week. I did not find any of this out until it aired. And I think a lot of us didn't know that any of that happened. So it was kept quiet even among the group. And and I was like, wait, what? But you Uh, did know that Nick was invited back to a hotel room, right? Like the way that he phrased it was like they, they hung out and talked. I think maybe I'd heard that he'd gone back to the hotel room, but I did not know anything like that happened. Yeah. And none of us did. Maybe Sean did eventually, but none none of the other guys did. I didn't watch that season until, well, last night. I really should have watched because I didn't know that, like, going back to the hotel room before Fantasy Suites was, like, on the table, you know? Not that I would have exactly. ever done anything because I fucking took forever to kiss the girl, but... Still, like, I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah, well, Nick had kind of done it before, so he kind of knew all the rules, I guess. Yeah. That was his unfair advantage. Totally. 
are they airing your bachelorette season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in two weeks. Yeah. They need to set you up. The bartender in paradise. Are, are you going to get some airtime? Uh, are we going to see Baby Wells? Did you watch my season? Yeah. It's going to be a lot of really embarrassing moments for me. Like that they really oh, come want. On. Yeah, I, I'm telling you that they really want. Weren't to... all of your moments on that show pretty embarrassing? Yes. They're going to have uh, Sarah questioning everything by the end or what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's going to be like, I don't know if I want to get engaged anymore. <laughs> Personally, how you doing? You didn't win the heart of Caitlin Bristow. Are you uh, Are you still a single man? Can we find you back in paradise? What's happening with you? I am doing well. I actually had the opportunity to go on paradise, and I just never felt like I was a good fit for that. And fortunately, um, I have a girlfriend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So her name is Becca. We've been dating for more than a year and a half. She's a real sweetheart, fun to be around. She's helped me through this whole like building the office and then even, you know, during quarantine and stuff. So it's good to have somebody in your corner that's so beautiful and awesome. That's awesome. Well, if you're living in Los Angeles and you're on the west side, you need to go visit our boy Cupcake. I've been to his new office. It is Absolutely amazing. And I will say this. I loved about going to visit you. Normally when you go to the dentist, it's like the dentist's assistant kind of like does all the work. And then the dentist comes in, shoves his fingers in your mouth, asks you like 17 questions that you can't answer because you got hands in your mouth. And then he's like, that looks good. And then he's out. And it's like, dude, you were just here for like seven seconds. But Chris does the majority of the work. I feel like that's what you want in your dentist. Thank you. I mean, you can request that. I will do the cleaning. I'll do the filling, any work that you need. I do have hygienists too. So it's kind of like whatever the patient most prefers. And where do they find out uh, more about your practice? You can go to visiondentalmv.com or you can check out my dental Instagram called at toothstagram. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that is nice. And tell us again where everyone goes to get this badass new toothbrush. Yeah, I'm like trying to find it on Amazon right now. Where do we go? Sonic Fusion is the name. Just go to waterpick.com. And then they have other options, buying options, whatever works best for you. Brandy, when uh, quarantine's all said and done, love to meet you. Come by the practice, get a cleaning. I will. Whatever you need. As long as you give me the laughing gas. That's my favorite part about the dentist. Okay, okay. (laughs) Even when I get them clean, I'm like, hit me with the gas. We'll hit you with the guests. So fun. <laughs> Put a little war on drugs and my AirPods. Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Happy place. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. Cupcake. Good catching up with you, man. Miss you. Hopefully this quarantine will be over soon and we can hang again. Definitely. And by the way, guys, I'm really enjoying the podcast. You guys do bring the light. Keep it up. Lots of laughs. I love your both your energy. I love your chemistry together. So Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks so much again. This was super fun. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yeah buddy. Thanks for coming on. All right. Well, yeah, seriously, when this is over, let's hang out. Let's do it. All right. Later, All right. dude. All right. See ya. Nice to meet see you, Brandy. You too. Bye-bye. He is adorable. He is. I'm actually bummed he has a girlfriend. I was thinking he'd be really cute to set up with my friend Kirsten. You know he lived in Nashville for a while. He had a practice I, in yeah, Nashville. I was going to ask him about that, but I, and I thought that was boring for we, the listeners. But how long has he been in L.A.? Kind of had like a similar run where like we were in Nashville for a while after Bachelorette. And then like we hung out a bunch. His practice was actually like out like in, I think in like Bellevue. And then he was like, I'm going to go back to L.A. So he went and then I went. And so he's been my dentist for a while. <laughs> for a while. I've been like just following Cupcake around. But I will say that that toothbrush is sick. Sounds sick. 
Dude, and I just don't like floss. Like, I don't like flossing. It's not fun, but that toothbrush just does it for you, and you're just like, oh, okay. Great. That sounds fun. Um, I think it honestly is going to change my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, goodness. Do you got any other fave things? No, I think I got everything in before we had Chris on. I will say this. So here's the problem with quarantine is that I just wear sweats all the time. You know? Oh, oh yeah. And for boys, sweats make it way too easy to touch your dick. I've realized that. <laughs> I've realized that clothing makers, manufacturers made pants purposely hard so you can't. It's not easy to touch your dick all the time because when men have the ability to touch their dick. They will touch uh-huh. their dick. And so they needed someone to come in there and like, be like, like over the no, pants inside like- all the, like I'll be. And here's the thing, like normal pants have, have made men not animals because I'll be sitting there on the couch, just like got a handful of dick. And I'm just like, <laughs> I like look over at Sarah and she's like looking at me and I'm like, what, what do you love about me? I'm disgusting. I used to get so mad at Brazen because when he was like a teenager, I guess all he wore were sweatpants yeah. because his hand was in his pants nonstop. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're in, we're in public. Get your hand out of your pants. Yeah. I never understood it. But here you are, Wells, at 36 six years old. I was going to say seven. Still with your hand on your pants. So maybe I maybe I owe Brazen an apology. I don't know why I find it socially acceptable, even in like the comfort of my own home, to be holding on to my cock and balls. Like, <laughs> so weird. what is wrong with me? Oh no, I've never seen Reinhardt do this, just for the record. I guarantee you, if he's got some sweats on. He just recently, he's going to kill me. Yeah. When you wear sweats, do you wear underwear or no underwear? It depends, but I like wearing underwear a lot. Okay, so does he. But I I don't really wear underwear when I wear sweatpants. Yeah. And he was like fascinated by that. So he tried it once and he was like, this is amazing. Yeah. So it's like his favorite thing in the world to put on sweatpants, but no underwear. But I don't think he's ever done it before now, which is crazy. Here's my thing. I feel like if I were to do that, I would need to wash my sweats more. The underwear is the barrier that makes it oh, so sure. I don't have to wash my sweats every time I wear them. So you got to be like me and have like 20 pair of go-to sweats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, last thing. Speaking about dirty assholes. That's effectively what we're talking about, right? We're talking about... That's, yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Okay. I ordered brandy, 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 brand, 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 brandy. I ordered one of those bidet things you attach to your toilet. Oh, yeah. I ordered that thing. You love it? It's a whole new world, a new fantastic asshole. No more shit particles up in my ass. Because now I just turn a little knob and it sprays a stream of water right in my ass. How long did it take you to write that jingle? I just did it off off the cuff. I don't know if you want to tell Miley and Billy Ray about my musical skills. but Your songwriting skills? Yeah. I love a bidet. Oh, man. Do you have this thing, though? No, I don't. But I, Miley has the... Wait, I thought you guys were going to get the Toto toilet. Yeah, but until... We're on a spending freeze right now because we're not making any Oh, money. I see. Yeah. Got it. Okay, yeah. This is such a cheaper version. You just go on Amazon. You look up bidet. It's like this little thing you connect to the water line. It's so easy to install. Not an ad. Should be. But by the way... Should be. Clean, cleans you out. It's kind of nice, you know? It's just... Oh, yeah. Super nice. Also, so gross, but... Game changer when you're on your period to have a little bidet. There's a vagina <laughs> setting and then an asshole setting. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. 
Great. So gross, but so great. All right. Do you have anything else? No, that's a, that was a great thing to end on. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It really sets uh, the wife tears up for a, for a great day ahead. Yeah, right? You know? Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah. Brandy. I miss ya. Miss you well. Love ya. Love you. Let your heart decide. I can open your eyes. <laughs> Take you wonder by wonder. My bottle is cleaner than it has ever been in its life. A whole new buzz. It's a clean little balloon not down there. It's completely clean now. Because a stream of water was shoved right up it and washed all the dingleberries out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, the, now, now Jasmine's turn. It's a whole new vagina. Whole new vagina after my period. I hope everyone has turned this episode off. By they now. haven't. This is the best part of the episode. This is what they come here for, guys. Okay, bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.